Good morning, everybody. Um, just a couple of um, things to mention before we come to our, our teaching this morning. Um, one is just a, a happy announcement about there's a, a young couple who many of you will not have met yet called Wallace, Bruce and Jenny Clark, who've been coming to MCF over the past year. And they just got engaged this week. Uh, so we wanted to make sure we did a, a shout out for them. Are they are they here? They are. They're over there. They are. So, if you haven't met Wallace and Jenny yet, you can go and embarrass them afterwards. They're at the picnic table there, and you can go and congratulate them on their their glad news this week, um, and find out a wee bit more about them as well. Um, the other thing I want to mention, if we can put up the PowerPoint, Caleb, um, is just to remind you um, we're having a baptism on Sunday, the 18th of July, which is now three weeks away. Um, so far, there are eight people who have indicated they'd like to be baptized this year, which is brilliant, uh, but it's not too late. If you are pondering, wondering, wavering uh, about whether that might this might be the right time for you to take the plunge, uh, then we'd love you to come and talk to us and we can, we can chat about any questions that you have um, and get ready for the baptism. There'll be more details about time and place and so on uh, as we get closer. We're just, we're just ironing out a few of those details, uh, but it'll be uh, Sunday the 18th of July. Um, so the only other thing just for me to mention is as we go into July and August, um, our teaching uh, will take a slightly different form. I'll be doing a little bit of teaching, but we'll hear from a number of different people uh, over the summer. We're going to have a loose theme starting next week, uh, looking at some of the parables of Jesus, uh, so staying with the teaching of Jesus as we have been recently, but moving over to some of those wonderful stories that Jesus told. Um, and Jeanette Morrow is going to be kicking that off next Sunday uh, by looking at the parable of the sower. Uh, so there'll also be a few unusual and special things happening over the summer, including a couple of all-aid services. Uh, but again, we'll let you, you know more detail um, as we go. So let's pause. This morning is going to be just a one-off message uh, kind of leading us into the summer. Um, but let's let's pause and pray and ask for God's help as we come to his word. Uh, Father, we, we just sang together that it is our desire to be in your presence and to sit at your feet. Uh, and as we come to your word, uh, that, is, that is still very much our desire. As we open your word, help us to remember that you are here with us. And we want to sit at your feet and we pray that we would hear this morning your living voice speaking through your word and by your spirit, um, speaking right into the depths of our being, right into our hearts, speaking right to where we're living and making a difference to the way that we live. Um, Father, help us to be attentive this morning to the things that you want to say to us. Uh, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I want to I want to jump in and re um, read to you um, some words from Second uh, Peter. Uh, these have for a long time been. This has been a passage that I have loved and come back to very often. Um, what if you forget everything that I say this morning? I want to encourage you uh, to take this passage into the week with you and maybe ponder over it a few times uh, during the week. Uh, but this is Second Peter chapter one and reading from verse three. 
And it says this, speaking about God, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, That's where we're going to end our our reading uh, this morning. Um, But I want to focus very much um, this morning. I want to encourage you to take the whole passage and ponder it this week. Uh, But I want to focus really just on the beginning, uh, the the first verse uh, that we read together. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Um, I find that a kind of extraordinary promise. Um, Everything we need. Uh, And as we read on a couple of verses later, Peter encourages us to make every effort to add to our faith all these other things. And so there's an encouragement for us to play a part. Um, But I guess I want to suggest there's a huge difference between making every effort and making every effort knowing that his divine power has given us everything we need for the life that we're called to live. There's a massive difference when we we bear this in mind. Um, I wonder, do you ever feel a bit underpowered in your life and in your Christian walk? I wonder, do you ever feel a wee bit weak and feeble as you make every effort? Do you feel like your efforts are a bit uh, weak sometimes? I know I often do. Um, And so if you're anything like me, you want to know how do we access this divine power? I mean, this sounds amazing. Divine power that gives us everything we need for a life of godliness. We want to know how to access it. Um, And Peter tells us how it comes about. He says it comes through our knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and goodness. It comes through our knowledge of God. And then you may have noticed at the very end of our reading in verse 8, he talks about our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that word knowledge seems to be really important to Peter in this passage. And I want to kind of puzzle over it a little bit with you this morning. Um, So the divine power we need to live a life of godliness comes through our knowledge of God. But what does that mean? Um, I wonder for you what comes to mind when you hear the word knowledge. Um, For many of us, we often think immediately of book learning and study. Um, And we think of gathering ideas and information and and all of that. Um, And I don't know, you you probably have your own emotional reaction to that as well. Some of us love all of that. I'm going to hold up my hands and say, you probably know I'm one of those people. I love the books. I love study. I'd be happy to just do that all day, every day. But some of us, if we're being honest, really don't love that and have a very different emotional reaction uh, when we think about all of that. 
Um, some of us have really negative associations with school and learning and books. Uh, some of us feel like we're not very good at all of that and we lack confidence. And if that's kind of how we're feeling, then maybe we wonder where does that leave us with, with the passage that we read? If power to live a godly life comes through knowledge and we're not very good at study and learning, then we may feel we're always going to be a, a bit of a feeble Christian. And I think a lot of the time that's how many of us might feel. A lot of us look at other people and think those people are good at studying the Bible and they, they seem to remember everything that they read, whereas I forget it all. And those people read all these Christian books and they have all these deep discussions. And I find all of that just a bit hard and I feel a bit lost and out of my depth. And maybe for some of us, there's very deep memories there. Maybe we felt a bit like that at school. And maybe sometimes we feel a bit like that in church. We feel like other people are good at this, at the knowledge stuff, but we're not very good. I don't know if that rings a bell uh, with any of us here this morning, any of us listening in. Um, if it does, I want, I want to share some really good news this morning, I think. Uh, but to get to the good news, uh, we're going to have to talk a little bit about French. And I, and I know that may bring its own memories of school, and some of you may have loved that, and some of you may not. Uh, so this is a little detour, uh, but we'll, you'll, you'll figure out where we're going in a wee minute. Um, I do want to immediately put up a disclaimer and say, my French is pretty sketchy um, and not great, so I'm going to avoid making eye contact with Rachel Corral at the back of the room and Genevieve outside, because uh, what I say about French may not be all true, right? Um, this is based on my um, very basic understanding. But I think what I'm going to say to you about God is true this morning, okay? So even if the bit about French is not, you can forgive me. Um, uh, so... Uh, why am I talking about French? Uh, there's something I've been intrigued by for a long time, and it's this, that in the English language, we only have one word, really, for knowledge and for knowing. Whereas in French, and I do remember this much from my, my French studies, they have two very different words for knowing and knowledge. So in French, when you're talking about knowing facts and information and knowing about something, then you use the verb savoir and the noun le savoir, and my accent is not going to be good, but th this is what we might call Wikipedia knowledge, right? That's when you just, you know stuff about stuff. That is le savoir, that is savoir knowledge. But there's a very different word when you're talking about knowing a person or knowing something by experience, maybe knowing a place, that you love and know really well. You don't talk about savoir knowledge. You, you use the verb connaître and the noun la connaissance. Isn't that a lovely word? La connaissance. Um, and if savoir is Wikipedia knowledge, then connaissance is personal knowledge. It's relational knowledge. It's experiential knowledge. Um, and so, to use an example, um, if I was to ask you, do you know Brad Pitt? just to pick a random Hollywood celebrity. You might be a Brad Pitt super fan, and you might know everything there is to know about him, about his movies and his childhood and his marriages and his favorite food and his hobbies. And you might have learned all the Wikipedia can teach you and more. 
but you would still, if I pushed you, have to very reluctantly admit that you don't actually know him in a, in a relational way. You, you have savoir knowledge. You've packed your head full of all this knowledge. But if you approached Brad Pitt and tried to claim that you know him, his security guards would take you out pretty quickly as a danger. You don't have connaissance. You don't have that first-hand personal knowledge of him. And so in French, you have these two, this distinction between the two, where in English, we just have one word. And so I was thinking about this verse in Second Peter 1, um, and talking about how divine power comes into our life through our knowledge of the one who called us. And I got intrigued, and I wondered how this was translated in the French. And in the uh, one of the gifts of the internet is there's, there's a wonderful website called Bible Gateway, which allows you to read any Bible passage in any translation, including, I found, four different French translations. Um, and so I checked them all, and they all agree. I'll give you just one example. Um, I'm not going to try and read that. But they all agree that the knowledge of God, which gives access to divine power so we can live a transformed life, is not savoir knowledge of facts and ideas and information. It's connectra knowledge. It's the knowledge of relationship and experience. It's the knowledge of personal encounter. To put it in the simplest terms, it's the knowledge of friendship that is being talked about. Um, and I wonder, do you hear the liberating good news in this? That um, I, I, I find myself wondering how many people in the English-speaking world have sometimes been put off by that word knowledge because of all the associations that we have with it. But I wonder, do you hear the good news here that it, it, it doesn't matter if you're academic or scholarly or not. Um, if you're scholarly and bookish and love study, that doesn't give you any advantage here. And if you dropped out of school at 15 and you haven't opened a book since, that doesn't give you any disadvantage here. Um, because this is about the living God who has invited you into friendship, to come and get to know him, to walk with him, to talk with him, to meet with him face to face as one meets with a friend, as it says about, about Moses in the Old Testament. Um, I wonder, do you find that encouraging? Uh, when we were doing the, some of us were doing the parenting course, um, it asked a question which I think uh, brought a similar distinction. It asked us, do you, do you just want your kids to be God smart, that, I think that's savoir knowledge. Or do you want them to be God connected, which is connectra knowledge? Do you want them just to have it all up here? Or do you want them to know the living God in a life transforming way? And it's a good question for all of us, not just for our kids. Um, and maybe it's, it's kind of a, a simple message this morning. I wanna encourage you as we go into the summer to place this thought at the center of your heart and your mind, that you are invited into this firsthand personal encounter with Jesus, with his Father. This is God's heart and God's desire. He doesn't want you to study him as a theoretical subject. He doesn't just want you to talk about him. He wants you to come and know him as a personal firsthand lived experience. Now, um, here's an important thing maybe to notice. Um, thinking about friendship, um, thinking about our relationships with other people. Wh whenever we have a friendship with someone, when we have 
that Kinetra knowledge of someone, we also will find that we want to know more about them. It's part of the beauty and the joy of getting to know someone is we ask them questions. Where did you come from? Where were you born? What, what was your upbringing like? Um, what, are you, what are you interested in? What are you into? Um, and, and the more we get to know someone, the more we disclose. And we want to gather more and more of that savoir knowledge about them. It would be very strange um, if I asked you uh, a question, if I asked you, do you know so-and-so? Do you know Rachel Corral? Um, and you said, yes, we're, we're best friends. And I said to you, well, where does she live? And you said, I don't know. And I ask you, well, what does she do for a living? And you say, no idea. I ask you, is she married? Haven't a clue. What does she look like? No idea. Right? That would be very strange. When we, when we know someone relationally, we, we find out, we get to know all kinds of stuff about them. Um, and so it is with our friendship with God. When we're walking in personal friendship with God, we will want to know more about him. We'll want to know about his story, about things he's done in the past, and about other people who have been his friends, and about what he says about his own character and what he's like, and about his plans for the future. And we're going to want to know all of that. There's a curiosity that comes in friendship. And so there'll be a growing hunger, which will lead us to the Bible. Um, and I think it's a beautiful part of uh, the, the story of faith for many people. There are many people who've always been intimidated by books, but who have learned as they walk with God to love this book. And sometimes that has led to other books as well, because they want to read biographies of other Christians and their lives and and learn more and find out more. But it comes from a hunger for relationship with the living God. If you, if you start with the friendship that lights a fire within, then a love of learning can follow. Sometimes if we start with the learning, it can be dry and dreary and lifeless. And maybe the other thing I want to say for some of our encouragement is um, God knows how he made you. And it may be that for you, books will always be a bit of a struggle. And it may be that for you, the best ways to learn are through other means, through listening to podcasts or watching videos with good content or just being in lively conversation with others in community. That may be your best way to learn. Um, find a way of learning that works for you. But when we're in friendship with God, it'll light a little fire where we want to know more. We want to learn more. And so again, I want to say this summer, um, there's an invitation for you. The living God is inviting you into growing friendship with him. He wants you to come and walk with him every day. Um, and I wonder for you, I just want to leave the question with you. What would it look like for you this summer to make that your priority, to say yes to that invitation, to maybe wake up every day this summer and, and think, today, the living God wants to know me and he wants me to know him. What would it look like to pursue that as your number one desire and priority? Um, and it might well lead you this summer to extra Bible study and reading and study because you want to know more about the God you love. Uh, but I also want to encourage you to be careful. Don't mistake savoir for Kenetra. Uh, for connaissance. Um, I want to confess that's always a danger for me. I could reach the end of the summer 
and have a big pile of books that I've conquered this summer and read this summer. But I could still have missed the invitation to come and be in walking, talking, friendship, encounter, relationship with the God who loves me. That's the first thing um, at the center. Um, And maybe I want to leave you maybe a little detective work as well. Once you start thinking about the difference between these kinds of knowledge, you start to wonder about other Bible verses as well. And you can go and look it up yourself. And I I got a bit carried away uh, looking this up all over the Bible. But I want to leave you with two as I finish. Um, There's an amazing verse in John 17, verse 3, where Jesus actually gives us a definition of eternal life. And what does he say? He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Now have a guess when you go and look it up in the French, what kind of knowledge we're talking about there. Is eternal life just having a head stuffed full of good theology? Eternal life is knowing God and knowing Jesus in that relational encounter kind of way. Um, And one more, Philippians 3, uh, really famous words. Paul talks about how um, he considers everything else to be worthless. And actually, a a little later, he says it's, it's all rubbish or literally dung compared to what? Compared to the infinite value, the surpassing greatness, the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything else is worthless compared to this one thing. And a couple of verses later, he just says really emphatically, I want to know Christ. And again, you don't need to tell me what, what the, the verb is in French at this point. Um, Paul doesn't, Paul, Paul, of course, knew all kinds of things about God and about Jesus and was a wonderful theologian. But his, his single, deep, central heart desire was for that firsthand experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ, his Lord, uh, and of God the Father. Um, I wonder what it would look like for you and I to make that our burning desire this summer. Uh, let me leave you with that thought. and let, Let's pray, and then we're going to sing a song of response uh, to what we've been thinking about. So let's pray. Um, Father, thank you so much for this glad good news that we can reflect on this morning. That the living God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, who holds everything together by the power of his word, who is present with us in every moment of every day, is inviting us into first-hand encounter and friendship. You want us to come and walk with you in the middle of our ordinary days. Um, Father, I want to pray every single one of us would hear that invitation this morning. Um, I want to pray that those of us who love thinking and reading and study, I want to pray that that wouldn't get in the way, that we wouldn't be people who read and talk and think about you, but actually don't draw near to you in friendship. Father, I pray that for us, the first thing, the central thing, would be to know you firsthand and to walk with you in love. And Father, for those of us who are intimidated by learning and study, 
and always have found that difficult. Father, I pray we would hear the good news this morning that that's not a barrier as you invite us to come and know you and walk with you. And I pray that as we walk in friendship with you, that you would light a little fire within us that would make us hungry to know more about you, but that it would be driven by love of the God who first loved us. Father, help each of us as we go into this summer to know what it looks like, what it means to say, this is my number one desire and I count everything else a loss compared to this, that I want to know you more, I want to know you better. Um, And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.